today on the podcast, Zach went to Deep Akala. Yeah, I like that Akala kind of gets two different region names. There's like the Akala Highlands and then Deep Akala. That's cool. It's really and really useful when you're dividing up the map to talk about on a podcast. Indeed. So I went first to Ordorok Quarry, uh, which I remembered Quarry. being Quarry, Quarry, Quarry. Uh, I remember I... Tracy Jordan talking about your kid falling into a quarry. I don't remember Tracy Jordan talking about that. Uh, don't throw a party for revenge. It'll turn on you like your wife after you let your kid fall into a quarry. Hmm. Is the second half of what he says. He says quarry two times. Anyway, um, this is like a, a cool pit area. It, you can believe it was dug out, but it's uh, now patrolled by a bunch of flying guardians. Right. And so I remembered this being like a really big area that was really intimidating. And so the first time I played the game, I avoided it and just went straight to its prize, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh -huh. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I gotta go through there this time. I'm gonna dodge all the guardians. It's gonna be good. Uh, it's not nearly as big as I remembered it being. No, it's kind of small. It's kind of cute almost as a dungeon or level area mm -hmm. because it's really just three guardians flying around a pit and you're like, how do I get past these guardians to the other side of this pit? And like, uh, yeah, um, turns out, I mean, so, so you can do what I did the first time and it's look at the map and see that the place you're trying to end up at is completely accessible, uh, mm -hmm. which introduces some really funny thinking. Cause like you have to go down, let me think how I want to word this, uh, in a lot of video games and a lot of Legend of Zelda video games, you're in areas that are you know, playgrounds uh, that usually have, like, walls around them as if, you know, there's, like, a berm, like, around Disneyland uh, sure. that prevents you from getting around, and so you're kind of stuck in the play area, and it keeps stuff out of view. Um, yeah. So in another Zelda game, you would have to, like, stealth through Ordorot Quarry past these guardians to get to a bombable... Oh, no, it's not a bombable wall. It's, like, a bunch of vegetation covering an entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that would reveal the path to the Spring of Power. Uh, sure. But because... And so, like, the, this whole area is set up in that way, like it's a, a level from an older Zelda game. Right, right, right. But because Breath of the Wild is all about, like, open area, you can just walk up to the edge of the Spring of Power, just jump down into that part. Yes. And completely avoid the level, as it were. And really, the the crux of the situation is that the Spring of Power is designed as being an open-air sort of thing with no ceiling, right? Yeah. Uh, if they had decided to put just a ceiling over that, just, you know, a rock floor so that you ha would have, you know, if you went over to where it is on the overworld, you'd just walk over it then you more or less get the uh, level that you designed. 
except you could still like you could shortcut drop it. down yeah. in, on top of the thing but it's not it wouldn't be so hilariously ter- trivial as it is sure in this version the thing with the spring of power is, is this is the third of the three springs we've talked about uh this is the one that was most directly modeled after the way the spring looks in skyward sword yeah. There are very good comparison videos out there that'll show you side by side what it looks like, and this one is just the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which in that game features like waterfalls coming off the sides and stuff like that, and so it's really funny to think about. You know, this is our exactly what I was saying before, where it's like in Skyward Sword, you can't climb up that edge of the wall to see what's above this, but in Breath of the Wild, they just kind of plucked that room out and shoved it into a massive open world map. Yeah. Uh one of the few like direct pulls like that. And it's very interesting to see and it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um I got a shrine quest for this at a nearby stable that we'll talk about in a minute that just is the same thing as before where it's like you need to bring the scale of the dragon to here to open up a shrine. Uh I have not gotten a scale from Dinral uh the uh, the other dragon that we haven't seen yet because he will fly through Akala, but really high up in the air. Now, I don't remember seeing Dinral above Akala. Oh, he definitely so goes. Odd. He goes above Akala, but it's huh. at such a distance that it is just you can't. You could not shoot an arrow at him. Um, is that when he like spawns in the far northeast? I'm not. I. I tried to look up, like, a map of, like, the dragon spawn area and their route and stuff, and I got kind of confused. Well, I, uh, I I think it's an understudied element of the game. Um, I remember a game fact that I was reading when I needed to grind dragon materials and, like, camping out at a certain location. Uh, the Elden Great Skeleton, not that we're talking about that location, but, like, if you wake up you you sleep there you wake up and you can see dinral appear out of the air in the northeast sky so i wonder if that's what you're seeing i don't know if the angles match on that anyway you'll see you'll get dinral later and you'll do this yeah i know the first game the first time i played through the game i he goes down the big canyon so i will get to Mm. that big canyon eventually and that's where i'll end up catching up to him probably Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, I was uh, surprised by how small this little area was. Uh, I went over to the nearby stable. What is the stable? East Akala Stable. Should be Deep Akala Stable, but whatever. <laughs> um, there was the shrine quest I talked about that said, hey, go check out the Spring of Power. Uh, there was a guard-looking dude named Haas, uh, who has a quest where he will tell you about a suspicious guy named Kilton uh, that he does not trust, and he tells you he hangs out in the Skull Lake, and he asks you, can you get a picture of this guy? Or he asks you to... You get the really fun thing where characters in the game don't know that cameras exist, because that's weird technology, so they just like talk about, like, can you get a, an image, a drawing? <laughs> It's kind of fun to think um, cameras have existed in different parts of Zelda timeline. 
and the fact that nobody in this in this world knows what a pictograph box is is fun i guess i mean even in zelda they're very esoteric weird things that are very uncommon so it makes sense maybe someone out there has a pictobox shop but like we'll we'll run into them in the sequel yeah yep he he, that'll be the npc that gives you all the filters for your uh (laughs) for your 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 uh tablet camera that's right breath of the wild was like the day before they decided that every screenshot function in a nintendo game on the switch needed to have all those filters Uh uh-huh so we'll end up with all those filters in breath of the wild too for sure and it'll be like the camera guy from wind waker Mm -hmm. uh okay so that was that quest uh there's a lady named aya here aya uh, who I thought had a quest, but when I did the thing that she wanted me to do, I did not get any reward. Uh, huh. And I'll talk about what she wants when we get to it, I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, Katosa Aug Shrine is the shrine for this stable. Uh, it is another apparatus. Okay. In this one your motion controlling is tied to like a golf club implement that's like on a pendulum oh yeah the kind of hammer thing yeah the and so swinging you have, hammer you got to swing it to knock a ball into a hole like you're playing mini golf good, good uh, it's stuff. good there's like two different like ones the second one requires some finagling uh i would play like a long version of this. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, I would probably play it and then get frustrated with it, but I would play it. Um, you know, they have that Mario Golf game coming out. Mm, that's right. And maybe there could be DLC where Link comes to the Links, and he has he doesn't have clubs. He has the Sheikah Slate and is able to summon these swinging hammer things. And so he stands a few feet back from the ball and swing, you know, maneuvers his Sheikah Slate around. And you turn the switch around uh, to swing at the golf balls. Uh, they should do that in that new Mario golf game. Every Mario, like, sports game is going to end up having like link isabel and the inkling in it uh yep because that's like nintendo's like best selling stuff i feel like i guess so yeah for like first party nintendo that's their that is the that's the the dream team right there uh wow it's it's a it's a strange world we're in uh okay uh, so up the road is kind of the main th- thing in North Akala here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the Akala Ancient Tech Lab. Like, 50 episodes ago, Pura <laughs> told us about this place, uh, and said that her fellow researcher Robbie lived up here, and we should go visit him at some point. Uh, yes. 
and so we did. Uh, the lab is cool because it like clearly used to be a lighthouse. Yes. And the like top portion of the lighthouse has just been like unceremoniously dumped to the side mm-hmm. so that a giant telescope could be like placed on top of the building. And is the telescope pointed at the castle? I couldn't tell what it was pointing to, but I could believe it was in that direction. Yeah. Okay. It was. It's. It's pointed to the, to the west. I don't know exactly what the trajectory of it was. Uh, gosh, and I, uh, I should have checked. Is this the one where there's like, a beach chair, next to the yes. telescope? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Really good. Uh, there's also just a big like corpse pit of guardians, which is amazing. Yeah. Just a bunch of dead guardians in a pit. Uh, because Robbie is the, he describes himself as the foremost researcher on guardians. Which is kind of a good, and, like, dichotomy between him and Pura. Right. She ha- she knows all about the slate. Even though there's only one and it's been missing for a hundred years. Yeah. And he knows all about the guardians who are all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's no sort shortage of guardian parts um with the uh with the lighthouse being kind of wrecked apart with the uh telescope having that kind of lounge chair next to it uh the this is a really good location for being lived in yeah yeah and Pura's ancient tech lab is also like this. A lot of locations in the game have all the detail you could want to make it feel like someone actually lives and works in these spaces. And has for some time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it paints a it paints a real good picture of what's what what kind of the, the general sentiment of the people here is. Um, it's a lot it's like there are so many ruins in this game and the ruins are well executed <laughs> there are a lot of like, ruins in this game yes. every video games have ruins mm-hmm. it's nothing special to see lots and lots of well executed ruins but places like this where it's uh humans or shika just doing their thing is very cool and uh robbie also has uh illustrations hanging up of the divine beasts isn't that right yeah he's got a bunch of stuff up on his walls yeah um robbie lives here uh with his wife jaren uh and his big ancient oven cherry uh you you walk in and he recognizes that so robbie is you know robbie and poor were contemporaries along with impa uh a hundred years ago and they were like young people like in their 20s and you know uh impa's still around and she's like over 100 years old and you know she's still doing her thing pura was that or is that age but de-aged herself on accident uh, but Robbie is also just that old, and so he's got the white hair. I guess she could already have white hair. Yes. But, so he's old, but he's still doing his rock star thing. He's very sprightly. Yeah. Um, 
but okay, so he recognizes that you're Link, like instantly, but he doubts it for a moment. And he says, I need you to confirm, uh, but he's not, he doesn't know about the Sheikah Slate or chooses to ignore that. Uh, he asks Link to confirm it by showing your scars. Okay. Uh, which is an interesting, interesting thing. So you have to remove your clothes. Okay. And then talk to him again, and then he kind of examines and looks at some scars that, you know, are, are not necessarily present on the model or anything like that, but... Right, right. But he looks at it, and he's like, yeah, I remember helping bring you to the Shrine of Resurrection, so I remember what your injuries were, and yeah, this matches up. Your Link from 100 years ago. Congratulations on coming that back. It's kind of creepy. It's... Yeah, it, I, I, I like it. I think it's smart. Uh, no, it is. It is smart. There's a few other places in the game where it reacts to you not wearing clothes. Sure. Which is overall a good decision, a good investment. <laughs> if you if you have time to do this detail, go ahead and do it because you're letting the player have the option of being in you know underwear. Uh, so go ahead and have people react to that if you can. Um, and making it obligatory in this particular instance, I think, is good, too. But, like, the the specific memory of, oh, gosh, I remember when you were dead and I helped bring you back to life um, is kind of unnerving for Link, I think. I, uh, for, I Yeah, from Link's perspective, I would say so. From Robbie's perspective, it's definitely the most, like, cold and calculating way to confirm it's just like okay no look like we can just do this this way and then i know for sure it's interesting robbie uh does have this kind of cold scientific approach to things he isn't an emotionless character though no he's got a whole path path pathos to him here uh um this thing with the oven yeah uh we there's a journal nearby which helps helpfully dishes out some of the backstory here Mm -hmm. uh robbie his wife is way younger but she's still like in her i forget 60s or 70s or something like that um and she was like a assistant that came like after he'd relocated oh yeah it's they brought robbie and pura and impa brought link to the shrine of resurrection uh they got a bunch of ancient tech stuff uh and then Robbie and Pura like I think I forget if it's just rock paper scissors or drew straws to determine who was going to go to which region huh and Robbie lost so he came way out here and was just kind of chilling on his own doing research uh but then Jaren uh the chic lady showed up to be his research assistant and they fell in love and got married uh they have a kid uh who you can meet in this game but i have not met in this game yet oh i don't know about this (gasps) you don't know about their kid oh i'm not i'm gonna keep that secret from you (laughs) uh jaren will ask you if you've met their son and i said yes and then i talked to her again and said no and then it actually recognized that i did that and she's like but you just said you okay (laughs) Uh, awesome he's an adult guy uh yeah he he shows up in Terrytown. 
Um, oh, then I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and then, okay, so they get married, and then while this is going on, Robbie, like, invents the ancient oven. Which Did he, he invent the oven or dig it up? He, like, dug up parts and, like, reconstructed it, as okay, the, is the okay. tone I got there. It was not just a complete entity, it was something he, like, mashed together, and then it formed, like, its own kind of consciousness. Uh, okay. The ancient oven can, like, manufacture ancient... Uh, it can use ancient materials, like the stuff you get from Guardians, to create, like, ancient weapons and armor, including the ancient arrows, which he's... Like, Robbie is, like, simultaneously extremely proud of and extremely regretful that he could not invent them fast enough to be useful 100 years ago. Ah, uh, that's a good detail. Yeah, he's, he's, it's, it's very good. He's very, like, straightforward. Just like, I really wish I could have figured these out before things got as bad as they did. Um, and so he named the ancient oven after his first love, uh, Cherry, uh, which is an, which is a Sheikah name, right? Well, isn't Jaren... Cherry. It is my understanding that he named the oven after his wife. No, I understood it as he named it after his like first love before he ever met Jaren. Then that is weird that Jaren and Cherry have such similar names. Well, they're both Chica and Chica all have like fruit names. Fruit names, yeah. And isn't Jaren the fruit? The f- underlying fruit of Jaren, I thought, was cherry. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't understand this. Um, this is it. Kind it kind of works either way because the the crux of the okay. the the issue here is that Rob the ancient oven had like a consciousness, or at least enough of a consciousness to like talk with and have like a rapport with, and uh-huh. Jaren did not like this. And got yeah. extremely hot, like not like, like you know, rat like mad about this, and uh-huh. said, "Hey, uh, you need to stop being so friendly with the, with the appliances here." Yes. Uh, and so Robbie like deactivated that part of Cherry's like programming or whatever, and now it just kind of speaks in robot talk. Yeah. Uh, I think that the. Uh, the robot is named after Jaren and um, Jaren was mad that basically Robbie had built a like a robot version of her that she felt was replacing her Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the read but I can't prove it well Uh, I haven't read this stuff in a while so okay like it, it works either way because yeah the let us know in the comments what we're talking about uh please somebody um <laughs> anyway so cherry but the... like okay the, the this whole thing with robbie um having emotions but like not being very sensitive yes he's a very well-realized character yeah he's a he's a good mad scientist guy who has very like earnest like 
goals of like wanting to help fix the problems that happened 100 years ago uh and has like actual regrets over like how that went down uh but still has his own kind of desires and faults right not a bad guy by any means no complicated and uh yeah i i i hadn't thought about it much recently i guess because on his face he has you know the guitar squeal and the goofy pose right and you're like oh this is gonna be you know a cartoon character a comic relief guy who just is goofy and gives you the weapons you need but he has layers yeah it's cool he's a good it's it's a shame this game doesn't have any of pura and him interacting uh yeah but there's a whole other game for that uh because you can definitely see that they were very much foils for each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh it's good it's good um okay but he's here you can come visit him and be like and he's you know get get that all settled and he's like hey so the ancient oven can create stuff for you uh but the pilot light is out uh and if so if you can go relight the the oven uh you can use the use it to craft a bunch of good stuff um so you end up doing the same thing you had to do back in Hateno village mm-hmm. and like going and finding like the the lit beacon or whatever and bringing the fire back to this lab uh, and so it's a it's a redo of that, but it's much more difficult this time because this is like a much further into the game. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's extremely good. It's really good. It's like it's hard. It's it's involved. And it's funny, we were talking about like space in the game and how like the game would allocate so much space for a certain thing and it doesn't feel very big. Uh-huh. This whole section isn't that much bigger than what I was complaining about being small earlier, but it feels way bigger. Um, this like you mean the this uh, Tumley Heights? Yeah, and the path around Bloodleaf Lake, which is right. It's kind of comparing that to Ordorak Quarry in the Spring of Power. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's somewhat bigger, but it feels a lot lot bigger because. And so, and there's... some of the stuff we're going to talk about later that, that I did, like, I, I I noticed that how much bigger it feels compared to some of the other stuff. Anyway, so it's um, interesting. There is the the thing is when you carry uh, the f- blue fire in Hateno Village, there are no monsters around. Mm-hmm. All you're really worrying about is your torch staying lit long enough for you to get from this. Uh, lamp to the next lantern to the next lantern yes here yes there's a bunch of monsters and you can't have a lit torch in one hand and a sword in the other as much as that that's what i would do in real life if this were me yeah obviously but uh link can't do that link cannot dual build unlike his creator he is not ambidextrous yes oh and so oh okay you just i have had a note on my phone to grind this point for a minute and you just sprung it finally from my brain 
Uh, what? It is messed up that Link is right-handed in this game. Yeah, it's stupid. It's bad. I understand. Every game where Link is right-handed, there's a major problem with those games insofar as Link is right-handed. Uh, they did it. They switched it for... Well, they switched it for Twilight Princess, but that was a quick fix to like a problem that they had to get that game out the door on the okay. Wii. That was a last minute where they flipped the whole map thing. And like, that's oh, fine. Okay. Uh, but then they flipped it for Skyward Sword, made him right-handed because that was the default for swinging a sword and for holding the Wii remotes. Okay, and I get when, Yeah, if you're doing it with motion controls. I get it, like, right. That's uh, whatever. But they got Cater rid of... to 90% of the population, I guess. Right, but they got rid of the motion controls. They could have just flipped it back. He should be left-handed. He's supposed to be left-handed. He's supposed to be left-handed. Except when he is facing east <laughs> and he needs to wield away the magic, the dark magic of Death Mountain. You need to protect yourself from the evil magic. So then I understand be right between your sword right-handed. But in all other contexts, he should be left-handed. Okay, sure. Yes. Anyways, sorry. Uh... You can't hold a torch in one hand and a weapon in the other hand as you're bringing the fire back from the top of the other hill. And there's no and quick... there are precious few places to deposit, you know, to light up a lamp. And the route is really circuitous. It kind of wraps around a hill for a while. It goes past a bunch of enemy bases. Um, there's a in long... my memory, there yeah. isn't really a route. Or there isn't really a set route. There's a bunch of... There are, yeah. Uh, lanterns all over the place, and you have to decide which one is the best one to get to. Or I would generously. I was a bunch of weird shortcuts. I would generously say there are two, like, big air quotes routes. One that kind of goes okay. up above Bloodleaf Lake, and one that goes kind of below Bloodleaf Lake. But the one below Bloodleaf Lake is a lot less noticeable and requires a lot bigger, like, strides between sections. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And then, okay. And then you can't. Bloodleaf Lake is this really, it's almost more of a river. It's long and narrow. And there mm -hmm. are like very specifically placed fallen pillars that prevent you from just going around it. So you have to keep crossing back and forth over it. It's pretty good. Oh. There are a ton of enemies. That's not what I would do. Oh. How did you, how did you do this? I think that I managed to, from the top of the hill where you get the light... This is my most recent run, I think. I managed to uh, carry, or maybe... Uh, I didn't shoot an arrow. I couldn't have shot an arrow. I'm not that good. I think I managed to, like, slide down that hill that it should you should not be able to carry a torch going okay. down uh decline that steep. Mm -hmm. But I managed it and just kind of ran past some moblins. That's a much faster method than me, which is I fought every single monster in this area uh, okay. and cleared it out and tried to find all the torches. And I might have missed some because there's some hidden here and there in really non-obvious spots. Um, also, while you're doing this, you can bring that blue fire back to a torch over by that stable. Because uh, the lady oh, yeah. there previously that I skipped over, she was like, it's really boring living out here. The only interesting thing was this blue torch that I'd sit and stare at for a long time, but now it's out. Uh, and so you can bring it back, light the torch on fire, and then she's like, cool. And, like, there's no reward or anything like there's that. There's no reward. I was uh, a little bummed out, but at least I kept, at least at least she's happy. Yeah. Uh, you can bring the blue fire back, relight the oven, 
and then talk to Cherry to craft ancient gear. Um, which is good. That stuff's good. Yes. Um, there's a lot more ancient weapons than I remember. And these are there's a lot of weapons that are specific to this, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can get them anywhere else. I didn't realize that gear really existed. I don't think I ever interacted with this much beyond creating ancient arrows. Oh, you didn't get the armor? Oh, I know. Not even close. Oh, uh, the I... armor was the main priority for me. Uh, ancient arrows because they are you know nuclear sniper weapons uh like it's the kind of thing where i know that i will never bring myself to use them and so i'm not going to bother investing resources in something that i'm gonna just hold on to until i need them in the right moment forever i might have this is a false memory but maybe I made some for the final boss. I don't think I did. I like to have a couple in my pocket. I used some later in this gameplay session. We'll oh, talk about that. Well. We'll talk about okay. that. Um, that's pretty much all that's going on over here at the Aqua Tech Lab. I thought for some reason he was going to be able to upgrade the other runes that didn't get upgraded from Pura. But uh, mm. that was a fake thing because you can't upgrade like cryonis you can't, you can't upgrade, upgrade magnesis because it's perfect you can't yeah, the, the, you can't upgrade the camera because like we talked about the filters will come in the next <laughs> in the next game um it's what's too bad about the camera is when it it really is they they figured out right after this game how to do a camera right because when you use this camera and try to save screenshots to your switch they end up with that uh, you know, Sheikah Slate overlay mm -hmm. of blue energy. And so your screenshots, you know, you can't really use it for shareable screenshots, right? Uh, not so, in the way, not in the way you're looking, not, not in the photo mode way that games since then have done. Right, right. Um, and Mario Odyssey, Animal Crossing, uh, the Mario 3D Classics. That's really crazy to uh, use special uh, filters and stuff on, like, Mario Sunshine. <laughs> it has that? Yeah, it does. Oh, I didn't know that. I never... Wait, I ne am I... Is that real? I never got that collection, so... Oh my gosh. I wish there was a way to check. I might be remembering... Um, can I put filters on Mario 64? I think you can. That's exciting. But I might be remembering uh, Super Mario 3D World on Switch. Well, I know the 3D World on Switch has a bunch of them. Mario 3D Classics Camera Mode. Good luck with that. Very, uh, 3D All-Stars. Inverted Camera Controls. You know what? I think that I made this up. I think you're thinking of the 3D World, which does have a bunch of those. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Hey guys, I'm really sorry about that uh, sudden cut in the podcast. We there was a bat that flew by, and it really messed with our recording equipment. I can't believe it uh, went between both of our locations like that. Well, it was a cyber bat. Oh and man, you know how those are. Dang. Anyway, we should go on to Skull Lake. Skull Lake is a beautiful lake. 
that was just you know voice on autopilot but it actually was really pretty. <laughs> uh the the like the deep aqua part of deep aqua is this stretch that goes through like a valley with a bunch of monsters there's like a lionel there's a um mm-hmm some uh, uh hinoxes and stuff like that through like this creepy gulch uh yeah. and then it spits you out in this really weird lake that's like purplish pinkish it has these giant flowers just been below the surface of the water yeah it must be based on some beautiful place in the world that someone some artist on the game saw pictures of on the internet and yeah. said "Ooh, i want to recreate that in this game uh, and you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at it, except looking at it on a map, that it's shaped like a skull. Yeah. Uh, at the top of... So there's a bunch of... There's, like, two islands for the eyes, one island for the nose. Uh, at the top of the right eye, uh, that one's an extremely tall, like, spire. Yeah, it's great because, like, if they were the same height, then you'd be looking at it from ground level and be like, oh, this is a skull. But because that one island is so huge, it doesn't look like anything when you're actually there. So they did a good job of disguising it. Totally, totally. Um, at the very top of that, there's a shrine, and uh, uh, Jaren will tell you about that. She 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 tips you off to oh, that okay. when you when you talk to her. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That one is just a freebie. It is a Zunakai shrine. Because I guess they figure if you can get to the top of the spire, that's good enough. Yeah, how did you get there? Uh, I w- went all the way around to... Because the Skull Lake is kind of flanked by, by like, some hills. Uh-huh. It's kind of tucked away in, like, an armpit of a mountain. Uh, yeah. I just got as high up in that as I could and then just uh, flew okay. over there. I think that's what I did, too. Uh, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I did. I think I recorded a video of it. I did get knocked off that mountain and plunged to my death, like extremely far down below at one point when I Whoa. wasn't paying attention. It was very comical. Okie doke. Uh, but then on the other eye, the other eye mm. island, which is like a ground surface level eye, uh, is an island where Kilton is supposed to show up. Ah. I think I told. I think Ryan, I told. I told you about my experience with this. You did tell me part of it. Uh, you know from talking to the guard guy at the stable that Kilton only shows up at night. Mm-hmm. So I got there, like, before night had fallen. And I was just kind of standing around on that island knowing he's supposed to pop up. And he, like, wasn't popping up. And then I get on my phone and I get on the chat program with Ryan. And I'm like, where's this Kilton guy? He's supposed to show up, right? And Ryan's like, I don't know, I'm doing something else. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) And so I turn around to leave. And, like, the moment I get, like, five feet away, like, I splashed into the water a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I hear a noise, and I immediately turn around, and he's just materialized into that spot with his little, uh, whatever you call it, his stall that's attached to a balloon. Yeah. Uh, and that's Kilton. He's this creepy guy who loves monsters and specifically loves monster body parts. He loves monsters more than you, and he will specifically challenge you on this. It's very funny. (laughs) 
Now, were you able to do any business with him at this stage? So you can't do business at this stage. You talk okay. to him and he basically, by talking to him, he's like, is this a good idea to open up the store? In, in, in as much words. And you tell him like, yeah. And he says, that's great. And he's like, well, I wonder where I'm going to show up. And he lists off all the towns that he'll show up in. And it's like most of the towns. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm only going to show up at night. I'll show up at a random town, but look out for me there. Uh, and then he flies away. Uh, and then I realize I forgot to take a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> so I played around and advanced time to the next night uh, and went hunting, hunting for him. Uh, and I found him outside of Zoro's domain. Okay. Uh, and so I talked to him there. He's a goofy looking guy. He's like a little yes. short dude. With like his a, eyes are bugging out. Yeah, he's got like a hood. When he when he has like a hood that has like a monster face on it, and so when he's just like idling, he turns away from you. Uh huh. Uh huh. As if it's like trying to disguise the fact that he's just a guy. Yeah. Uh, um. He sells. Did you did you manage to buy anything from him? So yeah, he barters monster parts, right? Right. So you can sell him monster parts to get his currency, his store's currency, which is mon. Uh, and then you can spend the mon on prizes that he has. Uh, the exchange rate seems to be pretty good. I didn't have to turn in too much to buy a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. I, I, I gave him a bunch of, like, Lizzleful horns and, like, Bokoblin snouts. I don't remember what the monster parts are at all. But I gave they him, like... Horns and guts. I gave him, like, the, probably the guts. I gave him, like, the one I had the most of, and I got a whole bunch of mon... Mm-hmm. Uh, so he sells, uh, among other things, the stuff I bought was a Bokoblin mask mm-hmm. and a Moblin mm-hmm. mask. Uh, and these, I did not interact with this at all last time I played, but these camouflage you to those enemies, correct? Yeah, yeah. Now, if I wear a Bokoblin mask and there is a Moblin, will the Moblin see through the mask? I believe that the specific monster masks are species dependent. Okay. Um... But, like, the Majora's Mask, if you ever find that, makes you invisible to all monsters. I have the Majora's Mask, and I'm not using that. That's funny. Oh, interesting. I have not used that at all. Yeah. I think also the Lionel Mask doesn't really work on Lionels. <laughs> I think that's the case. I remember reading that. It's like, yeah, it doesn't actually work, but you can buy it. Um. Uh, they all look really cool, though. They're yeah. Really- they're made out of just like scraps of cloth, so they look really quilted together. And when Link is wearing a mask, he assumes the posture of that monster. Oh, does he? That's great. Yeah, if you if you just stand still wearing the Bokoblin mask, then he kind of hunches over and does the Bokoblin uh, lean that I'm doing right now that you can't see. There's so much like. You know, as a silent protagonist, we don't get too much of Link's personality, but little bits like that, it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. My Link is a goofball, because he's going to sit there and get into character as a Bokoblin. <laughs> uh, he didn't have any other masks, and he kind of implied that, come back later, I'll have more stuff. Yeah, I think it's gated by how many Divine Beasts you've defeated, but I don't know that for sure. Okay, I mean, that, that would make sense to me. Uh, he had one other thing I could purchase that I wa- or one other thing I wanted to purchase. He also sells those monster elixirs, 
which are like oh. supposed to be good for making potions or whatever. Uh, I should spend some time actually engaging with the system beyond the really easy crafting I do. Because <laughs> I do just the, oh, it has Hardy in the name. I'll cook that. Okay, there's my healing item. Great. Yeah. Uh, uh, he had a spring hammer. Oh which, yeah, which I think is a DLC thing. Maybe I don't think so. I think I got was it, it in the base game. Oh, I had never seen this item, and I still haven't gotten a chance to use it yet. But it implied that if you hit something with this, it launches them very far. Yeah, I never used it very much. I wonder if that means it's not very good. Probably, I, it probably does no damage, right? Or like very yeah. minimal damage. But if I would have used it, if it were like funny wouldn't i i don't remember i will try and play with it the next time i okay. hop on to see i'll try and hit somebody off a of death mountain yeah uh yeah um oh so does he have anything with killing all the world bosses i thought he had something with that he has a thing i'm not sure when this kicks in but he will have a thing where he's like uh, go out and kill all the Hinoxes. And he somehow keeps track of, you know, he, he keeps track of which Hinoxes you've killed in a way that Link can't. Yes. There's nothing in your interface that tells you which uh, Hinoxes you've killed. That's uh, right. But he will then give you a medal if you have successfully killed all the Hinoxes at least once. Same with the uh, Multiguz and I think uh, Talus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that hasn't unlocked yet either, which is fine. I'm not worried about that just yet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Lionel parts, Lionel parts. Okay. So the last thing I did is kind of a big thing as well. Yes. Uh, north of the ancient tech lab, uh, is a weird rectangle island. Yeah. It's sticking out of the ocean like Azkaban. Uh, it looks really out of place. It looks like I want to go there right now. <laughs> it is ominous. It's huge too. Like, yeah, uh, it's 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 unsettling. So it's you know it's kind of a stroke of genius to put it out in the ocean like that because the like your instinct tells you have this be attached to the land in some way, right? It's a building. Put it on top of the ground. Well, I but think they don't. Well, what it is, I'll say before I talk yes. about it, is it's the Lome Labyrinth Island. It's one of uh, three labyrinths in the game. Uh, I think it's there uh, because of Zelda Two having a, a maze island on it. Okay, uh, Zelda Two. I think it's a Zelda Two reference, putting it off That's on its great. own on an island. It's not awesome. the it's, it is not the same labyrinth, but that game also features a labyrinth, and I mean. It might be the same labyrinth. Real world features labyrinths. Okay, if you want to go there, Ryan, <laughs> people have put forth the idea that Akala is just the region from Zelda 2. Um, it doesn't quite work out without a lot of really hard squinting. But, but like, then... I could accept it in some vague sense. And so, but I, I don't know the Zelda 2 map very well, but it has the Zelda 1 map in it, right? Yes. So does that mean that the Zelda 1 map is like Shadow Hamlet Ruins? 
it doesn't quite really bear out that way. Okay. I would have to show you some really funny charts of people superimposing maps on top of other maps. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that as soon as this episode is over. Okay. I'll find that for you. But okay. uh, suffice it. But, but suffice it to say, people like oh, okay. Well, it's got an east-facing coast and it has a big maze off the coast, so maybe it's kind of a Zelda two-ish area. Anyway, uh, this is uh, uh, Zonai Ruin. Yes. All the architecture is the same as the other ruins we were talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the goal here is to get to the shrine at the center of... You can see a shrine. Yeah, yeah. But you uh, can't, like, go straight up to it. There's bars in front of there's it. There's bars in front of it, and so you know it's like, okay, I have to navigate this labyrinth and find a way into where that shrine is at. Uh, there are a few... Or is there just one? There's like one guardian that's just sitting there that greets you as you come in. I think there are two guardians in that kind of entry area. There's like an entry plaza. Yeah. Uh, and then there are flying guardians above it, patrolling, mm-hmm. making sure you don't cheat. Uh, they try to make sure you don't cheat, but I seem to remember making a lot of progress by... Uh, Walking around on top of the maze. I definitely got up on top of the maze the first time I played this game. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, it's not impossible. There's a lot of rain here, but you can wait for the rain to subside and, yeah. sa- and saunter up. It's tall. It is very tall, but you can get up there. Uh, I tried to play it straight this time, oh, so okay. I just ran ar- I ran around. I did the labyrinth the way you're supposed to do a labyrinth. Gosh. Uh, it's very stressful. I bet. Uh... It's not really all that dangerous because there's not that many enemies aside from the couple we talked about. There's some slimes okay. here and there, but it's and some bats. Uh, it's more. It is more tense than dangerous. Cool. Uh, there's lots of goodies around, um, of various quality. A lot of rupees and stuff like that. Uh, I I was here. I was looking for the teleportation amulet that we talked about before that was supposed to be hidden here. Okay. Uh, but I did not find it. I explored the whole thing except for the shrine and did not find it. And so I went to the shrine, which is Two Kalo Shrine, uh, which is a freebie. Um, you get the first piece of the barbarian gear here. Oh, yeah. Which is some authentic Zonai outfit. That's the cool thing. I love this thing because the Zonai are this people who made these gigantic incredibly impressive buildings they didn't build ruins zach they built labyrinths and temples that's true um but their their gift that they pass on to you know the hero is these very primitive sets of clothes that give you barbarian powers you know you are acting like a beast in these clothes and it's like the it just makes the Zonai into a fascinating group of people. Yeah. Uh when we get to meet them, when we go back in time in Breath of the Wild too. There's a lot of concepts to cover in Breath of the Wild. Too. <laughs> I that my favorite bit on the podcast now is just saying anything is gonna be Breath of the Wild too. It's gonna be underground in the past, in the in dark the sky. world. In the sky. In the sky. Yeah. It's a cave in the sky. Oh. It's never been done before. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you'll have some great filters for it. 
Mm. Uh, okay, but you get there, you get the treat. Um, I was still wasn't. I was so I got confused about the layout of what was going on here. The bars go down, so like the trying to paint a paint a mental mental picture. Uh, at the entrance to the labyrinth, you can see your way into the shrine, and there's bars in the way. Once you get to the shrine and like claim it, the bars go away and allow access in and out. But there is also this like hole in the floor with an yeah. updraft. And I, when I first looked at it, I'm like, okay, well, that's just the exit path. Like that just oh. clearly leads out. And then I explored the rest of the maze, went through, and then I went back there, and I'm like, wait a second, that's not what this is. Okay. That's a path going down somewhere. Yes. Uh, I did not know this was here. You go down a very deep passage to a massive chamber underneath the island. It's really good. Uh, It is like the entire surface area of the island is one big room. Might and, be. And it is littered with guardians. Yeah. And they're all inactive. Uh-huh. And I'm, like, freaking out because I had no idea any of this was here. Oh, okay. This was entirely novel to me at this point. All right, all right. I see a chest in the very middle. Uh-huh. You walk up to that chest. You open it. It is a diamond circlet, which is an yes. item I was not anticipating seeing this early in the game. Uh, this is an extremely, like, high-end piece of equipment. Sure. Uh, that you can... I thought you could make these in the Gerudo town. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, but I don't need to anymore. I just found one in a chest. <laughs> yes. Uh, and at that moment... Like... Well, as soon as you've gotten the treasure... Like, a billion guardians come to life. Yes. It is amazing. I had such fun with this. Did you die? No, I survived. Gosh. Remember, like I said, I bought some ancient arrows. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm glad I brought those ancient arrows because I'm about to put put in some work. Uh, no, I had a really fun time with this, like, sudden, just completely, like, world flipped upside down situation of, like, six different lasers targeting me all at once. <laughs> It was amazing. It was great. I had a really frantic fight running all around. You run up on one that you think is dead and it comes to life. And then most of them are like immobile. Yeah, yeah. Are any of them mobile? Oh, my oh gosh. Some, some of them are mobile, yes. Ah! I don't uh, remember that. There's a, there's not a ton of them, but there are some that are mobile. Um, and so that was a well, really... Well, I tell you, my first time here, I when I got the Diamond Circle and... Uh, the guardians activated. I think I might have warped right out of there in <laughs> sheer horror because I well, couldn't deal. Well, if I, I didn't you. warp out, I probably ran really fast to the exit or died. I might have just died. So I didn't have that option because I was still looking for that teleportation amulet, and I'm like, okay, they clearly put it in this room somewhere. Ah, uh, that did that they? Did- that DLC item is clearly in this room, and it was. Oh, okay. Um, Phew, because I couldn't remember where it was. I'm like, oh no, it is definitely in this room. So I had to fight all those guardians, and I had a blast. It was fun. It was legitimately, <laughs> legitimately super. I hadn't had that much fun fighting guardians like the entire game so far, and this was Whoa. just like, 
we're gonna throw every guardian at you at once good luck and i'm just like okay hang on this is great <laughs> i'm glad that you enjoyed that because my second time here i knew it was coming and so i think i was able to run around and like pick off the guardians one by one or like demobilize like cut the legs off of <laughs> some of them i must have done something like that and so i was really careful and ninja like about it and yeah, it just, ends up being not as crazy you have to start kiting them kiting them around is kind of what i ended up it was like okay mm. well those ones over there can't move around so if i get far enough out of reach they can't target me i'll kind of dodge my way back here and bring this one that's moving over next to this one that's not moving and i'll kind of take them out one by one I had a blast. That was the most fun I've had combat in this game yet. Cool. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. So I got a diamond circlet and a fancy teleportation amulet that I have to figure out how I'm going to use it. Mm. So I have you have you used this amulet? Um. Yeah. I. You know, I'm not using the fast travel in my current right you know, very slow playthrough. But I got it in the my original playthrough where I did the DLC. You and said it? I don't I don't think I got very much use out of it. Can you just set up a teleportation spot for anywhere? Yeah. Okay. I that almost seems like something like a be useful to get to like the entrance of a dungeon. No, you dungeon entrances are more points. Hmm. I'm yeah. sure there I will find a use for it at some point. Okay. Uh but yeah, so that was that was North Akala. Uh, debacle. You got, you did all of it. Uh, yeah, it was uh some fun stuff. I had a, I had a really fun time playing this time. Um, well, good. I've completed the entire east coast of the game. Wow. Uh, and I'm feeling ready to go. Uh, I gotta hit Death Mountain soon. We gotta do another Divine Beast soon. So, I think next time we play, I gotta I gotta go up that trail and not catch on fire. Hopefully. I bet you catch on fire. I'll probably catch a little bit on fire. 